Hey, folks, welcome to The Crude Life. We're going to get to the exclusive interview in just about 10 seconds. But first, I want to tell you about an American Energy Worker Special. If you go to MyPillow.com and insert the promo code OTIS, that's O-T-I-S, you can get an amazing deal right now on a six-piece towel set made with USA cotton for $39.99. It's a $110 value, yours for only $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. The six-piece towel set plus many other exclusive amazing deals at MyPillow.com. Just use the promo code OTIS. Please enjoy this exclusive interview. Hi, this is David Munson with the GetRealAlliance.org, a positive solution to climate that doesn't kill oil and gas. Thank you for joining the program here today. I understand that... uh, you come to us via the way of the DUG conference down in Dallas, Fort Worth. How, how did the conference go for you? Well, it went well. I had a very positive feedback from many people at the conference that I spoke to about saving oil and gas from the climate crazies. And they loved to hear about my program to increase carbon sequestration using natural forces, not man-made technical means. And one of the vendors at the show gave me the name of this podcast that I needed to get in touch with you, that you had a really innovative way of thinking about oil and gas. So I reached out to you, and I'm happy to be visiting with you. Appreciate you coming on to talk a little bit about this issue because this is a tough one. I've been speaking on this this climate activism and environment and the ecosystem and actually the, the fact that, you know, renewables ain't doable without fossil fuelables, that whole thing. And so this is a, this is a very interesting Get Real Alliance. Uh, first of all, let's talk about what it is that you guys do. Are you an advocacy, advocacy group? Are you a nonprofit? Are you both? Are you an oil company? You know, what are you? Nonprofit 501c4. So we're tax exempt, but we're not tax deductible. But we're in the process of starting a 501c3 full charity to do carbon sequestration because I think the answer is not more government because government is totally inefficient and counterproductive. So I'm advocating that we do things through nonprofits to fund carbon sequestration on the land and marine wetlands to restore them to health so they soak up more carbon than man emits, making the world carbon negative while we still use oil and gas. One of the examples I point to when it comes to government oversight is Yellowstone. There was a great documentation done by Alton Chase about the the issues with Yellowstone to where from basically the inception, they, they've just decimated Yellowstone to where there's raw sewage being pumped out of there. So it's a good example of where the government, given total oversight and all the money, they, they can't get it right. And the environment is something that you have to work with and manage, not dictate to and tell it how the world works and everything else. And I come from agriculture, so I'm a little bit more uh, sensitive to it. My understanding is You've got, uh, not, not that I'm more sensitive to it, just that it seems a little bit more different but, than in oil and gas. But my, my understanding is you've got an agriculture background too, huh? Right, yeah. We bought a big commercial farm ranch in northeast Texas back in 81, and I managed it and operated it and ended up transitioning away from conventional ag 
<clears throat> which lost money due to the rigged commodity markets driving prices down below profit for most producers to go into a grass-fed beef operation where I was selling through a small meat store in the northern part of Dallas and uh, getting a premium for our meat. And I started really making some decent money and taking good care of the land because I was making money where I could afford to treat the land well and increase productivity. So we had some incredibly productive land and um, it was only a disastrous flood in 2015 that wiped out much of my carrying capacity that led me to sell it and transition. And now I've transitioned into writing and being a pundit and an inventor. And um, you can go to my website, fullofideas.com, to see some of my inventions and um, keep, in, keep it bookmarked. There'll be a lot more content on it in the near future. But um, I've devoted my energy to thinking of solutions, and that's what Get Real Alliance is all about, getting real about problems instead of wishful thinking, like the wishful thought that solar photovoltaic can provide power for more than a couple of hours a day on the best day and many days doesn't provide any power at all because of clouds. So there's just some real myths going on in the climate agenda issue advocating for wind and big wind turbines that uh, do massive bird kills and blight the landscape and have short lifespans. So it's fundamentally unrealistic. What kind of response are you getting when you bring up wind turbines in the past? We've, we've been on record very publicly, which we don't do very often. We're, you know, we're a non-political, and we allow political groups to come on here and politicians because that's really what they do. So they stay within their wheelhouse, and you know, every now and then we might challenge, but we're not here to argue and, and gotcha questions or anything like that. But when it comes to wind energy, we're pretty upfront that um, I've said personally, I believe the farmers from 150 years ago are, were more efficient and advanced with wind energy than we are today. Meaning that 150 years ago, you know, they could power a pole barn and get some water, and that's pretty darn good for a day's, a day's work of putting up a wind turbine that, you know, can be recycled. Now the wind turbines, you can't recycle them. And now we're finding out governments are becoming shady again trying to figure out ways to hide that they're covering up the recycling of landfills with these wind turbines. So we're creating more government, uh, 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 what's the word, corruption. We don't have a reclamation program in place for wind energy. And you brought up the birds, and I'm glad you did, because it's interesting. The government does care about bats, because bats have an agricultural impact, but they don't care about birds. So much so that wind power has or wind wind turbines have almost extinct the golden eagle in the southwest. It's amazing how a, a well a well pad in the middle of Wyoming can get shut down because of a sage grouse when there's a sage grouse hunting season. But you can take out ninety percent of a 
Golden Eagles and not even get a, a story in the in, in the paper about it. So anyway, that's my little two cents on wind energy. Sorry about that, but we're, I, I thought well, we we're going to get real. Exactly so on my subject, you're taking the words out of my mouth. So, so I figured if we're going to get real, let's get real, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and the problem is wind fluctuates. You know, anybody that's been out in the wind knows that it it doesn't blow at a perfectly uniform speed. It changes from very slow to very fast all the time. As the wind eddies, it creates turbulent flow. It's not laminar flow. If we had truly laminar flow, you could have a wind turbine that would generate accurate power. But right now, the wind turbines use very expensive electronics to try to make utility-grade power. But... It fluctuates badly and um, comes and goes with the weather. And if the wind is too slow or too fast, the wind turbines have to be shut down because they don't make power. So I'm not a big fan of the way we're doing wind power right now. I've come up with as an inventor a better way to do wind power. But uh, it'll be posted on the website eventually. But uh, I think the current horizontal axis wind turbines are just bird killers. And like you said, an environmental disaster when it comes to recycling. Not to mention the massive amount of carbon dioxide emitted to make the massive amount of concrete required to build one of these massive foundations to keep this monstrosity aloft. And let's not forget that it's generally up to the landowner to do the reclamation, and that ain't going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like all these old abandoned barns you see on the side of the road that if a bird landed on it, they'd collapse. But now imagine, you know, 50 years with wind turbines just ready to topple over at any time. And the other thing with wind energy is they found in Germany places where they had a lot of turbines, the insect populations were down by 70, 80% as well. So the, these wind turbines are taking out the pollinators, which I would, I would think would be very, very alarm sounding for a lot of environmentalists out there, but they don't seem to well, mind. They're just irrational, you know, and like, a, you know, said the problem is we have a lot of wind turbines in Texas and, as a result, there's a glut of electricity at night with some utility resellers actually offering you free electricity at night because they can, the wind producers are producing so much power, there's a glut and prices have gone to zero at night. And in our Texas, our crazy Texas auction electric market. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, and I think if solar does come online, there's going to be a situation where electric power goes to near zero in the middle of the day on a sunny day because there's so much solar and there's more more electricity than there is demand. And then by six, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the power production is way down and there's a shortage. And unless there's natural gas power to back it up, we're going to be looking at brownouts and blackouts. <coughs> So it's a crazy world, and um, 
there's some fundamental illogic, and that's what the General Alliance is all about fighting, fighting irrational thought with rational, well-thought-out solutions. Let's talk about the soil as I look at the clock here. Uh, one of the things that we both talked about before we went on this interview was, you know, our agriculture background and how so much has to do with the nourishment and the replenishment and figuring out the ecosystem of that soil. And um, that's, that's part of this, too. And you, you agree with that as well from what we were talking about before. In fact, you've got a whole different vein of thought on that that I'd never thought of. So uh, talk well, to me a little bit about... Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm a key supporter of an organization called Remineralize the Earth, remineralize.org, which promotes the use of volcanic rock dust, in particular basalt rock, which contains all the elements that are in our blood or in the ocean, many of which man doesn't even know what they're used for by our bodies. But it's thought that healthy soil needs to have all the elements that a plant could use in it in a nice balance and not an overload. And so by putting basalt rock dust on the soil, you can sharply boost productivity and the quality of plants and soil life. The thing that we don't realize as big creatures walking on the earth is that over 90% of the mass of organisms living on land is in the soil, not on the soil. Soil bacteria add up in healthy soil. Soil microorganisms add up to to 15 or 20 tons per acre of, of living organisms. So far exceeding that of what the cows might be or even the people on the earth are a fraction of the mass of all the microorganisms that are vital to biologic processes, but that man poisons and kills with conventional agriculture. So we need to restore <clears throat> the lion's share of life on Earth to a healthy existence by treating soil life with great respect. And one of the ways to do that is to feed them what they love to eat, which is rock nutrients. So two-part question for you, uh, actually three-part uh, have you met with any, you know, oil and gas companies? Are they receptive to this, and are they supporting it? Well, so far, there's been some positive feedback, but I'm desperately seeking funding so that we can bring more people to our website and share our information more widely. You know, a $20 a month gift can bring 60 people a month to our website, which is an incredible word-spreading event and can lead to people signing up for our newsletter. And when the book is out, buying the book. So we definitely need major funding. We'd love to see my book turn into a, a million-copy seller with a heavy online marketing program. And so we need industry support. I'm currently the primary funder of General Alliance, so... I'm not only the, the messenger, but I'm the source of funds, and that's not really sustainable. We need support from everybody in the industry to fight to save our industry from people trying to destroy the American way of life. 
When's the book out? And talk about the book for a minute. The book should be out by the fall, and it's called Get Real, A Positive Solution to Climate. And it's full of a bunch of deep insights that are out of the normal way of people thinking about things because I'm an out-of-the-box thinker with kind of a unique set of experiences that give me a very widely wide range of experiences and knowledge. Um, so it should be a great book, and I hope everybody will sign up for the newsletter so they get notification when the book is out. And um, I hope they'll share the information widely and um, get their company or other investors to make significant donations so that we can really help save the American way of life and also save our soil and give us a future where we have abundant food on into posterity instead of potentially looking at starvation in 60 years as the topsoil is gone. So... We can do it, but it just takes a concerted effort not to expect a free lunch and not to expect farmers and ranchers to provide food below cost, not being able to take care of their land. And um, so, yeah, we need support. How can people support you? What's the website? Do you, are you taking uh, donations? You're, you're a nonprofit, so people can write it off, huh? Well, we're not a tax-deductible nonprofit we're an advocacy group we can campaign against bad policies because we're a 501c4 but you can go to getrollalliance.org and go to our donate page and make a donation either monthly or one time we'd love monthly because it helps us plan our budget and move ahead and frankly it's easier on a lot of people to make a small monthly donation than a larger one-time donation so please support us. Go to getrollalliance.org and make a donation and sign up for our newsletter and help us save both the oil and gas industry and America from a dark future.